praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son. place right now. We turn our eyes to you. We quiet our hearts and we dedicate this morning to worship you together as a body.
And even when I was trying to figure out a name for my counseling practice, I chose the name Life in Transition Counseling. Scott and I are in a big one. After 33 years, we are transitioning from here, I know, it's, I know what you're going to say, back to Oklahoma City. I know. <laughs> but God has led us through this path for the last few years. And we all have decisions we have to make that take us from people and places that we love, but also take us to people and places that we've loved before. And so we are going back to where we met, where we were married, um, and God, through this path that we have been on, and it's been a long one, it's been a long decision, um, a hard decision, but we know that when we are committed to God, that we are never alone, we know that he leads. And we have seen that in this transition, that God has provided, he has led, and he has made straight the path. 
And so Deuteronomy, the scripture, if you'll put that scripture up for me, please. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. The Lord himself, the God of the universe, the God of creation, the God of my heart, my life, my creator, goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Because the God of the universe, all of the way, he leads. All the way my Savior leads me. Who have I to ask beside? How could I doubt his tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? All the way my Savior leads me. And cheers each winding path I tread. He gives me grace for every trial. And feeds me with the living bread. You lead me and keep me from falling. You
Jesus' heart that he's leading. We're so grateful for your leadership in our lives. You are our shepherd. Even when we stray from the path that you have for us, even when we turn against your leadership, you still pursue us. You lead the 99 to retrieve us again. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our counselor, our shepherd, our guide. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing blood. Now all I know you stand. Your forgiveness and embrace. Washed me in your cleansing. 
Jesus, the cry of our hearts is that you are worthy. You are worthy of all the praise that we have within us to give, Jesus. You are worthy of our time, our money, our attention. You're worthy of our praise, God. Our Father, our King, our Savior, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat.
We honor you today. With words, using words from great songs, but it is a, a cry from the core of who we are that you are and you alone are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. It is to you that we direct it today. You are our God. You alone are our God. It is the cry of our hearts. And it is shown in the way that we live our lives. Our songs are just an exclamation point on what has already been said through our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We honor you today. Church, as we continue in prayer today, there are a couple of families that I'd like for us to pray over. I want to invite Scott to come up here and stand next to Hermine. Scott and Hermine, this is their last Sunday with us, as Hermine has mentioned, and we want to be able to come around them in prayer. As he's been an integral part of our leadership team, our board, and Hermine has led us for so long now in worship. But I also want to invite Eric and Amanda Disman to come up. Eric is being deployed again, heading to Afghanistan this Friday, and he just represents so many that are putting their lives on the line for our freedoms. And so we want to take time to come around both of these families in prayer today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get off of this microphone and um, I'm going to ask that uh, those of you that want to come around them, if you'll come forward and why don't you four, if you'll just come, just line up right here facing the stage. Let's just let the church family come around you. Anybody that feels led to move up this direction to pray over both of these awesome families. Jesus, we, we sang earlier that you are in leadership of our lives. And that is a really profound and complicated theological statement. There are times where your leadership is just so evident, so clear, and, and um, it's like the light is shining way out on the path. And then there are other times where there's just not much light and... We have to trust that you are leading. Even when 
we don't have absolute certainty that we'd like to have. We pray over Scott and Hermine today as they they will be departing to the missionary field of Oklahoma where they will need a whole lot of your strength. But all joking aside, we we want you to go before them and continue to bless them, have your hand on them as they move into this new phase of life, closer to family, his family in particular. But I just thank you for how they have been ministering to us over these last years and um, how they've influenced us and, and touched us and and just as Scott has molded and, and shaped clay in front of our eyes, it, their influence on us has, has molded us and shaped us and we, we are different, we are better because of them, how you have worked through them. This isn't goodbye, it's see you later. But uh, protect them as they travel and, and bless them as they move into this new phase of life. We pray over Eric right now and ask that you would bless and anoint and protect his travel. Go before him, surround him with your presence. Surround him with your protection. May his light, your light in him, bleed over into all those that are around him. May he sense uh, your hand upon him every moment of every day. He would never feel alone, but every step of every day would, would be like walking in the midst of you, your sanctuary. I pray for Amanda, give her the strength and the courage as well to um, let him go for just a little while. We know that this reality is the reality of so many. Because they have committed to standing on the front lines on our behalf. In the midst of crisis, in the midst of times where we, we don't have all the answers and, and we don't have control over what's happening with our government or how our government's intersecting with other governments, we, all we know, all we can do is come to you in prayer. So we pray for our leaders. We pray for our president who's entering into a significant set of meetings this week with North Korea. And we just we need you to have your hand all over that. We need and beg for and want world peace.
in the midst of all of this, you are still God. You are still our Lord. You are still our King. And we honor you. And we praise you. We thank you for what you're going to do. And it's the mighty name of Jesus we all prayed. And everybody said, want to keep us in this spirit of worship and invite our ushers to join us up front as we bring our tithes and offerings. Jesus, you are our provider. Every need that we have personally, every need that we have as family units, and every need that we have as a church family, we, we trust and rely upon you for that provision. Our offering to you today is a thank you for what you have done, and it's a thank you in advance for what you are going to do. So take what we have to offer you, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen. I want to invite you to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 6.
basically, the book of Deuteronomy is Moses' final words to all of Israel. It's a recap, a, a reiteration. Moses is, has, is, is coming to the end of his life. He has already been told that he will not be allowed to go into the promised land. Just before he passes away, he will be able to look into it and see it, but that's it. And it's, it's an issue of, of disobedience that had happened earlier. And, and really, it's, there's a whole, this whole first generation, except for just a couple of people, will have passed away before Israel heads into the promised land. But they've been away from Egypt for about 40 years. And, and Moses is coming to the end of his life, and he knows it, so he basically draws Israel to himself one last time, and, and, and he just reminds them, reiterates, set, goes all the way through all of, of what the Lord had done, and what the Lord had shown them, and what the Lord had handed down to them with this thing called the law, reminding them one last time. He has just finished in chapter 5, going through the Ten Commandments again. And in chapter 6, it starts this way. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied... Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the people around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you. And he will destroy you from the face of the land. 
Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it may go well with you and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors, thrusting out all of your enemies before you, as the Lord said. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? You would tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. Moses just puts it out there. Be very careful, Israel, to not forget. Especially when things are going really good. When you have taken over the homes that you did not build, and you are eating from the vineyards that you did not plant, when all is well, when you have been given everything that he has promised you, and you are enjoying it, be careful not to forget him. Be careful not to start disobeying and start breaking these commands. These commands that at my ripe, ripe, ripe old age, I am reminding you of one last time. And he's reiterating and reiterating, if you follow them, you will be blessed. You will flourish. You will prosper. You will you will live a long, great life if you will be careful to keep these things before you. So be on purpose about it. Mark them on your foreheads, on, on, on your arms. Put them on the doorposts and, 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 and around your gates so when you're coming and going, you're reminded of them. Talk about them as often as you can. When you're sitting down, when you're walking, when you're, when you're lying down, keep these things before your children. Bring them up in this. All these things he's reminding them. He makes this really profound statement. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It doesn't seem that profound, except the word that he uses really is profound. The, the, the Hebrew word for one here is echad, it's E-C-H-A-D, and I probably just shredded it when I said it that way. But anyways, it, that, that is the word. The word literally means one, but it also literally mean, is plural. It's both at the same time. 
It's a word that is used throughout the Old Testament well over 2,500 times in regards to oneness or singular. Let me give you a few examples to show you this, this plural aspect of this, world, this word. You first find it in Genesis chapter 1. And, and the evening came, the, the, the morning and the, and the evening came, and together they were one, and it was the first day. You see the word ikad there? Where it's really significant, though, is in Genesis chapter 3, when the Lord brings Eve onto the scene, and they become man and wife. The word is used to describe how the man and the woman come together and are one. The two becoming one flesh. Same exact word. In Ezekiel 37, you probably remember the story, the valley of the dry bones where, 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 uh, where Ezekiel watches the dry bones kind of rise up uh, that, that are just in this valley and they become like an army. Right after that story, the Lord asked Ezekiel to take two sticks, one representing the nation of, of Judah, one the nation of, of Israel. And he says, I want you to bring them together as one, echad, and they will be under one king. You can see this word. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Has this plural aspect to it right off the bat. Judaism, whether they want to acknowledge this or not, has bought into the, this, this triune reality of the Godhead. Now they've rejected that. And when they see that word one, they just, they, they just see it as one, even though they know what echad actually means. But even in the midst of their stubbornness, they, they have this word, and this word has this plurality to it. So here's, here's what's going on, or here's how I see what's going on in, in the heavenly realms. You've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and and they are in this triune relationship with one another. What do we know about God? We know that he is love. He is, he is defined by the word love. So they're in, this, they're in this love relationship. God loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Father loves the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Son. The Spirit loves the Father. This love is going back and forth. And they're pursuing one another in this, in this divine dance of of love. In the midst of this phenomenal picture, they create mankind. And they invite mankind to participate in this dance, in this loving relationship. And Adam and Eve, they walked in this beautiful reality for a time. And as we all know, they sinned. And they were separated from this. Yet the Father, the Son, and the Spirit continued. So they gave mankind, they handed down this, these parameters, this thing we know as the law. 
They handed this to Israel. Here's the parameters we want you to start functioning inside of. Every aspect of your life is going to be framed out by this. How you interact with us and how you interact with one another. Do this. Moses is reminding them, do this. Continue to do this and you will experience God's blessing. You will flourish. You will live long. You will will experience prosperity. Honor this. When Jesus came, he really redeemed us back into this. Remember, Jesus is the one that said, okay, I'm going to tell you what the greatest commandment is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We just read that. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, the the intention from the beginning was to engage this dance, this, this loving relationship. And you're to do so with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And ultimately, what should happen as as you are participating in this, as we are participating in this, it should begin to flow like this to one another. Everything about the law and the prophets hangs on these two commands. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. That inside of his oneness, he has invited us to engage this. You said, Pastor, this is, this is sounding a little kooky. It's really not, because Paul reiterates this in Ephesians chapter 5. This, this whole passage in Ephesians chapter 5 where he's talking about the relationship between husband and wife and the oneness that happens inside of that. He closes all of that out by saying this is a profound mystery, but actually what I'm talking about is Jesus and the church. Look it up. Paul is 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 actually painting this, helping us to understand this picture. This profound oneness that happens between husband and wife, that, has, that, that we've acknowledged all the way from the beginning with Adam and Eve. This picture reflects what Christ wants with the church, with us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's a profound mystery. But we, church, are invited into this oneness with him. Are you experiencing that in your life? Is that kind of intimacy with God your reality? Do you know him? Because you're invited into that. 
It's what he's designed us for. He designed us that way from the beginning. Let us create man in our image. Genesis chapter 1 even even reflects this, this, this dance of the deity up here. Let us create man in our image. Out of this, we were created. We blew it. But Jesus redeemed it. And has restored it. It's not something that we're waiting for in regards to getting to heaven. Oh, it's, it's going to be better. It's, it's, we'll, we'll have an intimacy with God that we've, we've, we've not known on this side of heaven. But it is for us now. And it's what you were designed for. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, we want to know this kind of love. This, this ikad that, that is happening in the heavenly realms, we want to participate in that. And it's, it's ours. It's, it's, it's our gift that you have given us. The ability to walk in the light as you are in the light. The, the ability to pray in the Spirit, to know you, to hear your voice, to, to experience your presence. Not just a head knowledge, not just a, a philosophical belief in a God that exists, but a real, authentic, vibrant relationship of love with you. And from that intimacy, a loving relationship with those that are around us, loving our neighbors as ourselves, not just the ones that are like us, not just family, but extending to even our enemies, those that persecute us, somehow Your grace and your mercy and your love can impact us so deeply that we can show and have in an authentic way that kind of love for those that come against us. Jesus, we as a church have committed to praying for a known terrorist. A man that we, none of us have ever met. And we'll probably will ever meet. But once again, we make the choice today to pray for 
Liban, Haji Mohammed. We don't know where he is in this world, but we ask right now that you would intersect his reality, that you would block any evil scheming that he might be participating in, that you would interject your truth inside of all the lies that has been sown into his life, that you would shine your light inside of the darkness that surrounds him. We do this today out of love. A love that comes from you. A love that comes from knowing you. A love that comes from having a relationship with you. Realizing that all of us are experiencing this today because of your prevenient grace. Because you first loved us. You came to us. You, the light of the world, came into the darkness. Even when the darkness didn't understand you didn't, and did not embrace you, that is us. You first loved me. My love for you today, Jesus, is a response to that. And out of that, out of that echad reality, that I'm experiencing with you, I pray these words, for man I would consider my mortal enemy. Show your love to him today. We make the choice to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. love our neighbors as we love ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You stand with me. I think Jake mentioned this earlier. Um, those, there's some guys that could help us. We just need to get all of this material into hiding um, before the athletics and stuff happen in here throughout this week. So if there's some of you that can help us with that, we'll just gather right over here and we'll, we'll give you directions from there. Thank you for helping us with that. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. And fill you with his peace. Have an amazing week.